What's been dubbed the state of delusion was delivered last week by President Biden. It's probably one of the only duties he's completed that is actually constitutional. It was delivered during a very chaotic time amidst foreign war, inflation, and with an economy still trying to recover from government lockdowns. All of this chaos, of course, is government-induced, so we'll offer constitutional perspective on what we heard during Biden's speech and how you can help stop the slide into communism in this episode of Analysis Behind the News, where we provide the perspective to save American freedom and independence. The State of the Union Address is a constitutional function of the Office of President. In Article 2, Section 3 of the U.S. Constitution, it is written, He shall from time to time give to Congress information of the State of the Union and recommend to their consideration such measures as he shall judge necessary and expedient. And near the end of Section 3, it mentions, He shall take care that the laws be faithfully executed. The President's speech last week seemed to strive to strike a conciliatory tone with the American people. Biden tried to reassure Americans that all was going to be okay because we, as a country, are strong. However, in our opinion, this is in spite of government, instead of because of it. Given all the chaos and tyranny, it helped to deliver these last two years. Now, realizing that the actual State of the Union is much bleaker than what the President was letting on to, Representative Jim Jordan nailed it on the head when he told Fox Business. We went from a secure border to chaos. We went from energy independence to the situation we have now. We went from safe streets to record crime. And we went from stable prices to 40-year high inflation. That's what the Biden administration has given us in just 13 months. President Biden touched on each of these topics in his speech. But what was his solution for each of these? More government involvement, more spending. Now, we could spend hours going through his speech line by line and looking at the cause and solution of every example. Instead, let's just point to the overall formula. Government operating outside of its limitations easily makes excuses to work in other areas that it's not supposed to be in. Its solutions to problems bring about even more problems and then more government solutions, each time expanding the scope and reach of government. The scope of the federal government today is not what it was when the Constitution was written. However, the constitutional limitations are nearly the same, so the scope should be nearly the same, but it's not. Once tolerated by we the people, the slow creeping of the federal government's work outside of these limitations has led to its current size and scope. So, the question should be asked, is this type of slow creep the usual evolution of government? What went wrong, and how can we stop it? For those answers, let's turn to the book, And Not a Shot is Fired, by Jan Kozak. Mr. Kozak was a member of the Secretariat of the Communist Party of Czechoslovakia and wrote this publication in 1957. By 1961, the work had surfaced, and it was eventually published by the U.S. House Committee on Un-American Activities. We republished this book last year. As we wrote in the foreword, he wrote the paper to document the subversion of Czechoslovakia, not by revolutionary violence, but by altering the society through legislative action. The history of the U.S. is replete with government working outside of its limitations, and all of us experienced this firsthand during the tyranny of COVID. But we must remember 
that the Constitution was written to limit government and not the people. The Bill of Rights has no emergency loophole. As written, the Constitution clearly gives limitation to the federal government and its three branches. It also spells out who is to follow these limitations. Article 6, Clause 3 of the Constitution says, The senators and representatives before mentioned, and the members of the several state legislatures, and all executive and judicial officers, both of the United States and of the several states, shall be bound by oath or affirmation to support this Constitution. Do you think the Founding Fathers meant that by supporting the Constitution, that these elected and appointed officials were okay in operating outside of the limitations of the Constitution? Operating outside of these limitations directly alters society through legislative action, influencing the State of the Union. For instance, Biden wrongly took no credit for the 40-year high of inflation, but he did suggest to business owners that a better plan to fight inflation is to lower costs and not wages. Well, that's awfully rich, given that inflation was created by a quasi-government entity at the permission of Congress and the President. We must remember that inflation is not a rise in prices, rather it is an increase in the money supply. When there is an increase in the supply of money, that makes each dollar in circulation worth just a little bit less. Thus, it takes more money to afford the same products. The rising prices in America is due directly to supply and demand, but also the value of the dollar. Now, recall that Congress passed and Biden signed the American Rescue Plan, which infused nearly $2 trillion into the economy. According to the Federal Reserve, the money supply increased nearly $2 trillion from March 2021 to January 2022. Also remember that the Federal Reserve is supposedly in charge of managing the money supply. Placing this extra $2 trillion into circulation devalues the overall purchasing power of the dollar. Now, it would be a different story if the dollar were tied to a precious metal like gold, but it is not. So as the money supply inflates, the purchasing power decreases. What a dollar could buy back in 1913 before the Federal Reserve was created only buys a fraction today. Since then, the value of the dollar has dropped to a record level of more than 99%. Yet, President Biden and many others before him have inflated the money supply to help fund pet projects, most of which are beyond the constitutional scope of government. Again, altering society through legislation. So Biden's advice of lowering costs is spoken by someone who's never owned a business, but rather has made his living from government. Lowering costs is much harder to do when inflation devalues the dollar and when supply chain issues are a factor due to government unconstitutionally shutting down the economy for a virus with a 99 point something percent survival rate and relying on unstable sources for essential goods and materials. When Biden tells you he is going to get prices under control, he cannot do so with the force of constitutional government. The only true way to do so is to stop spending money we don't have, pay off the debt, and restore constitutional money, which is the dollar tied back to precious metals. Rather than government doing something, in many cases it must undo what it has already done in order to fix the current problem. 
It's just an example of government trying to solve a problem it created with more government, when less will actually do. Another way of altering society through legislation is through what our founding fathers would call entangling alliances, like getting involved in the United Nations, NATO, or any globalist trade agreement. For when we are involved in these, buying made in America, as touted by President Biden in his speech, becomes very difficult. It's also made it near impossible to have reliable supply chains, especially in times of war, famine, and disease, as domestic mining and manufacturing has been largely moved to foreign countries, many that are not friendly to the U.S., as we are finding out. So look around you today. The spike in prices, the scarcity of essential products and components, are all due to the federal government prioritizing foreign business over domestic business. That's globalism. Shortly after taking office, the Biden administration turned America from a top energy producer into a foreign-dependent slave. So what's his answer to replacing Russian oil? To turn to Venezuela and Saudi Arabia in hopes that they would boost production. So we go from one communist country to another begging for help when we have the means 